All right. Sorry about that. A little bit of a later start than normal. Had some technical difficulties, but we should be good now. And if you are here, then welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In this show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we're trading them. Today is Friday, January 19th. The S&P making a new record. Consumer sentiment better than expected. Fed member Goolsby says markets need to pay attention to data. Travelers and uh, Schlumberger on the move after earnings. Plus, what are we doing with our CSIQ rescue mission? As you can see, there's a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and get started. If this is your first time here. I'm Mark Hodge. I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. Marcus will be joining me on Monday, but let's go ahead and dive right into the charts here. Let me show the S&P 500, and we want to use that layout. There we go. So look at this. The S&P opening higher right now, trading at highs of the day. Let's actually go to a five-minute chart. Uh, we see that after the higher start, a little bit of a pullback, finding some session lows, and right now flirting with 4,800. Now the all-time record close was set in January of 2022 at 4796.56. So we have traded above the all-time record close, and we see here that uh, right now flirting with those levels, flirting with 4800, and the all-time high was set on Tuesday, January 4th of 2022. So. We had this record high set, and then it was nothing but uh, downhill from there after uh, bear market concerns, entering a correction, uh, entering into a bear market, and then recovering nicely in 2023. So we'll see if we could get above that all-time high set at, let's look at that one more time. Oh, January 4th. Oh, my mouse doesn't want to do it. Okay, hold on. I need to zoom and I want to get this number. It was so small. It's hard to... There we go. 481862. So 481862 on January 4th is the all-time high, but really markets pay most attention to closes typically. So uh, if we close at a new record, that, that's big for the S&P. Uh, we look at the Dow. The Dow also uh, slightly higher for the day almost in line with the S&P, up 0.3%. NASDAQ leading the way at 0.6%. So some green, not a huge, huge update, but definitely drifting higher and uh, some enthusiasm in the markets. Now, if we go to PowerX Optimizer, let me pull up the economic calendar. And we see here that preliminary University of Michigan consumer sentiment came out stronger than expected. So 78.8 was the reading versus 69.8 forecast. And existing home sales came in a little bit lower than expected at 3.78 million versus the 3.83 forecast. So existing home sales a little bit slower, or lower than uh, expected, consumer sentiment stronger. We also know that it's all about earnings right now. So we could take a look at our earnings calendar. And we see that we had a few companies reporting before the bell. We had Schlumberger and also the travelers. Now, if we look at TRV, 
So TRV gapping higher, pulling back a little bit, but still up an impressive 4.8%. They reported better than expected earnings. So an earnings beat, slightly lower revenue, but traders definitely liking what travelers had to say earnings-wise. Is this a all-time record? I believe so for travelers. So big move there. And Schlumberger, also a company reporting earnings. SLB is the ticker symbol. Uh, SLB higher, up 2% after pulling back a little bit. So uh, almost the opposite type of chart, but definitely a nice day for Schlumberger. And earnings beat and also a revenue beat. While we're looking at the earnings calendar, I think we need to pop on over to next week because next week gets busy. So we had big banks kicking off earnings last Friday. And then this week, a lot of uh, banks or financial uh, earnings. And then things really, really get uh, exciting next week. We have United Airlines on Monday after the bell, Johnson & Johnson on Tuesday before the bell with Verizon, General Electric, Electric Lockheed Martin. After the bell on Tuesday, Netflix, Texas Instruments. On Wednesday, we have Tesla after the bell. Uh, so a lot of big names reporting on Thursday, Comcast, Visa, Union Pacific, Intel, Blackstone. Uh, just uh, a lot of earnings going on. Next era Energy, um, NEE reporting uh, before the bell on Thursday. And then Friday, we have American Express. So a busy economic calendar next week. A lot of big names there. And uh, it could shake up the markets a little bit. We'll, we'll have to see what is to come. Uh, speaking of next week, let's just go ahead. And normally I do this at the end of the, the video, but see what's going on with the economic calendar. Monday, quiet. Tuesday, medium flag report. Not a big deal. Uh, flash manufacturing PMI on Wednesday. That's 645 Pacific, 945 Eastern time. And then things pick up a little bit on Thursday. So we have advanced GDP, unemployment claims, durable goods, a lot going on Thursday. But core PCE price index, we know the Fed and inflation and interest rates. I mean, we've uh, sound like a broken record there. But of course, inflation data important. And this is the Fed's favorite gauge. So Friday morning, in addition to a bunch of earnings next week, just a, a busy, busy week in general. Now let's take a look at the CME FedWatch tool, just see what the probabilities look like. Right now, no real change there for January. Uh, at the January meeting, expected that rates will stay the same, no surprise. If we look at the probabilities, this is flip-flop, and it's getting interesting because uh, we see here that we're almost split between staying the same and cutting at the March meeting. And I, again, I think that... Uh, investors and in, in, uh, Fed funds futures right now are a little overly optimistic. Don't see a cut in March unless there's big concerns on the Fed needs to because of the economy. Right now, though, with a pretty resilient jobs market, some positive economic data and inflation either uh, coming down or at least uh, slowing, no real need for the Fed to, to cut prematurely. So I think we're looking at June or later. Right now, though, Fed funds futures say, hey, uh, market expects something a little bit different. So we will see where we go there. And we could take a look at yields to see what's happening. Interesting to see that today yields are higher 
So the 10-year yield slightly higher, up 0.4%. Five-year yields up 0.6%. Two-year yields up 0.7%. So everything above the 4% mark, uh, that might be the line to watch because uh, right now we're seeing a little buying in the overall market with yields being higher. But I think a drop back down below 4% could be a big positive for uh, stocks in general. Uh, slow day, but still uh, yields and stocks moving together, which is typically uh, the opposite there. Now, let's, uh, well, there was a Fed member Goolsby speaking today, and I just thought I'd uh, share this as well. He's the president of the Chicago Fed. Um, says that markets need to pay more attention to what the data is saying when it comes to central bank officials. And this is where I think there is a disconnect between Fed funds futures and what the Fed is saying, saying, hey, we're looking at the data. And right now, maybe a cut uh, is uh, really premature, although there should be one or two or maybe three uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, quote, when the market is hinging on the words of Fed officials, I really think that's a mistake in direction, he said during an interview on CNBC's Squawk Box. What they should be hinging on are these inflation numbers and the job numbers. So uh, I believe that that is uh, important, right? Look at the inflation data, look at the jobs, and I couldn't agree more. With that said, let's take a look at what's going on with our open trades here. And let me go ahead and go back over to the wheel. Let's um, actually want to finish with the wheel and let's look at WTF because WTF, we've had a bunch of WTF trades recently. Uh, Bank of America is still an open WTF signal. CVS is in Bank of America based on the entry. It's up looking good. CVS, still an open signal, no exit there. EMR, still an open signal, real nice trade yesterday. Uh, this one, we might get an exit at the open for Monday, uh, but we'll have to check after the close today, see if that's the case, but nice nice win there. Morgan Stanley, still an open signal, pulling back a little bit from the entry, but not much. Schwab, was a, a, just a great one, overreaction on earnings and a buy signal on that morning. So a uh, nice move here, but still an open signal. Siri was one I took last Friday, and Siri had an exit today. So uh, that's funny. My phone wants to listen to me too now. <laughs> guess you know I have an Apple phone. Um, but here we had a sell to close order. So I, I sold this one to close. I Ended up getting filled on the open at 525 when there was a signal. Closed it at uh, 531. So nice little profit there for a lower price stock. And this one, I'm going to kick it off my watch list because I'm no longer in the trade. USB, still an open signal. Uh, this one, after yesterday's dip, coming back a little bit. So still open. Nothing to do there. And Wells Fargo, uh, now positive after a signal and entry. At 46.77, uh, pulled back just a tiny bit, found some support. Now at 47.12, doing exactly what we wanted to do. So uh, signals are looking great for WTF. The only exit for me, according to plan, was the SIRI trade that I put on. Uh, Marcus did not take that one, but uh, I closed it for a nice win. Let's talk about 
wheel trades here. And let's go ahead and go to our wheel analyzer. And looking at the portfolio, I have four positions. And let's first take a look at, I want to come back to CSIQ. So let's look at NEE. Right now, nothing to do with NEE. Pulling back a little bit more than I, I wanted to. Uh, and again, I, I really think that it's just the, the yields, right? Uh, yields come back down, NEE shoots higher. So uh, right now, nothing for me to do. No rescue, just sitting tight on NEE. UPS, UPS, uh, nice little bounce after hitting these lows that we haven't seen since late November, uh, down just a little bit today. And this is another one. Marcus has been just cleaning up, selling calls on this. But for me, with my cost basis, I got to send a little bit higher. Nothing for me to do right now. Now, Oxy is a trade that both Marcus and I put on this week. And we sold the 57 strike expiring today. Right now, unless there's a nice push higher, we will be assigned shares at 57, and we're happy to get assigned. We'll look to sell calls on Monday. Uh, like Oxy, really like support here, 55, 57-ish, and uh, getting assigned at 57 is welcome to me. So at least for now, looks like we will be the proud owners of Oxy at the close, and uh, then we'll consider selling calls on Monday. Now, I want to talk a little bit about CSIQ. Because this is an interesting one. And similar to NEE, we you know we could look at yields. We look at the 10-year yield. And when the 10-year yield hit 3.8, CSIQ had made a recent high. And with the 10-year uh, yield now at highs that we haven't seen since mid-December, NEE has pulled back uh, to these lows. So Marcus and I, we both sold a put at the 21 strike to try and bring down our cost basis. And this is where right now it's trading in 1951. And the, in general, when you're selling options, I mean, you could be buying them too, but there's the potential to roll an option where you, uh, if you've sold the option to start the trade, you're buying the option back and you're selling another option. So if you're selling another option, you're selling a further expiration. And if you're sell selling another option and trading the same strike, you're just rolling out. If you're selling a higher strike, you're rolling out and up. If you're selling a lower strike, you're rolling out and down, right? So there's always the question of when we sell the put, well, why don't we roll out? So at a minimum, uh, get more premium, buy back the 21 expiring today and sell next week's expiration? Or why don't we potentially roll out and down? So rolling out a week and then also adjusting our strike from 21 down to 20. And I think it's a fair question. But in general, Marcus and I, we do not like rolling puts. We are happy to roll calls when there's enough premium there for it to make sense. But we're not the biggest fan of rolling puts. And the reason why is because when we sell a put, that is the price that we want to own shares at, right? So I, I think that, sure, we're trading options, so we can use these option mechanics to make trading decisions outside of what's going on with the stock. But if you think about it, when we're selling options, we're looking to get paid, but we're trying to control stock at a certain price, right? So if, if Apple's trading at $100, 
and we sell a 95 put, we're saying we want to own shares of Apple at 95, right? I'm just tossing random numbers out, but uh, you get the idea. So if the stock comes down to 94, it doesn't matter to us because we got paid, right? By selling that put, you could look at it as a early dividend where we're collecting a dividend to own shares at 95. And it doesn't matter if it's at 94, because if we would have just put a limit order to buy shares at 95, we wouldn't have got paid that premium up front for the put. We would have been at 95 anyway. So we're not worried about it falling below our strike because when we've sold a put, that's where we want to own shares. So in this case, we owned shares of CSIQ at a higher price. And right now we are looking to increase our position size. This could be dollar cost averaging. Uh, it could, in our case, we refer to this as a rescue where we are contributing more money to the position to try and bring down our cost basis. And by bringing down our cost basis, there's really two goals. One, that we're in a better position to exit the trade, right? Because instead of waiting for the stock to get back up to 35, maybe we could get out at 29 instead of 35. But then also, if the stock rebounds, we're in a position to sell calls sooner, where we could start selling calls uh, much sooner than if we had to wait for our original cost basis. So both Marcus and I, uh, we are open to doing rescues. Our rule of thumb is to wait until a stock's down 30%. Doesn't happen very often when we get assigned, but it can happen. Uh, and we also want to see that there's some support. So CSIQ, actually, with the way that it snowballed with back-to-back -back rough quarters, really just whole sector having a rough time, we saw the stock fall even more than that. And then we found some support here right around 20, 21-ish. And there was this earnings reaction support and then a rebound when yields started to go down, right? Now that yields are starting to go back up, that's putting some pressure on growth stocks or, or interest rate sensitive stocks. It's hard to, to justify spending a whole lot of money when you're paying a ton in interest and it's going to take a long time to make this you know solar investment worthwhile. When interest rates are coming down, it gets a lot more exciting. Nonetheless, we're sitting here at 1951. And if I look at the numbers here, because uh, we have a little calculator we use with our mastermind group. And when I look at the numbers here, if using a, a $100,000 uh, investment in CSIQ, for an example, if we're doing a half of a rescue on meaning that we're contributing another 50 grand, uh, in that case, it would be selling 23 puts, and that's technically 48300 It brings down our cost basis from 35 down to 2869 right here. Uh, if I do a third of a rescue at 21, then that would tie up another $33,600 technically with 16 puts, and that brings the cost basis down to 2991 So that's the goal there. Now, if I roll, when I look, the best I could have rolled for, because I was just curious, the best I could have rolled for was 50 cents. And that 50 cents gave us a really nice ROI for a week. I think it was 119%. But that 50 cents, to roll out for 50 cents, if you're selling 16 puts, 
you're collecting $800, right? Now that $800 is bringing down your break even on the position that you have. Uh, the numbers I ran, it was about 28 cents. So it lower, you're not lowering it by 50 cents because it's a smaller position. But if you're not getting assigned those new shares, brings the break even down to about, about 28 cents. Now, if you end up getting assigned those shares, it brings the break even down about 16 cents. So it doesn't have that, even though individually for a week, it's a pretty good idea and pretty good trade, but it doesn't have a whole lot of impact on the overall trade and the overall goal. I want to bring the cost basis down six bucks, right? I don't want to bring my break even down 18 cents if I roll and then I'm assigned. And that's assuming I get assigned because if next week yields drop considerably, we rolled out a week, we didn't take ownership of the stock and then the stock rallies, there's the potential that today it looks like, oh my gosh, this is making new lows. Everything's looking awful with this. But then next week it's at $22 a share and we miss the assignment. We miss the opportunity to do a rescue. So long story short, I think it's important to know your numbers, know where things stand, make a calculated decision, have a plan. But also if you're if you're dollar cost averaging or, or doing a rescue mission, know what it does to the overall position. Does it make sense to add these additional funds? Uh, in my opinion, yes, because I do believe that time is working in our favor, meaning that uh, yields are going to come down over time. It's going to take the pressure off CSIQ. There's going to be interest in CSIQ and solar, and we will get another move higher. And I surely want to have my cost basis at 28, 29, 30 rather than 35 when that move happens. So I could get out of this trade sooner and make money selling calls a lot quicker than I would if I just kept the original position. So anyway, that's why we do a rescue. That's why we considered one at 21. Not a big difference on the cost basis between 20 or 21. And that's why I'm not rolling. Most likely, Marcus and I are going to own more shares at 21. And then we'll go from there. So I hope this discussion helped. If you like the video, please give it a thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe so you get notified when we have uh, more sessions. We're going to be back here on Monday looking for more great trading opportunities. For any of you trading the WTF strategy, uh, hope you're having fun with that and keep an eye on exits for Monday and Tuesday because it looks like we have a few nice ones that are going to close with a nice profit after the little rebound that we saw last couple of days. And uh, we'll keep trading the wheel, see where we end up on Oxy and if we could sell calls on Monday. Until then, happy trading, everybody.